Hey, you're listening to Overtired on ESN with Insomniacs, Christina Warren and Brett Terpstra. Hey, Christina. Hey, Brett. So, a uh, long time to talk. Yeah, we, we had a nice break there. I needed a break. I needed a break, too. How, how are you? I am. I'm, I'm pretty good. Did you know I did 121 straight weeks of podcasting without ever missing one? Wow. Yeah, that seems like a lot in retrospect. That is a lot because that's like that's like you know like two and a half years. Yeah, so I really enjoyed a couple weeks off there. I had time to go get some surgery. I, uh, yeah, I was gonna say how how how's uh how's the hole where your gallbladder was? Oh, it's it took like I think it took two days for me to be like okay, and then after five, I was pretty much fine as long as it, if if I play tug with my dog, uh, and I play too hard, I can I can hurt. I can feel it. But other than that, like I'm, I I stopped taking the painkillers like after four or five days and yeah, it's been good. I don't miss it. So um, I figured maybe we should do an introduction just in case people are listening to us for the first time because it, this is our 22nd episode of our podcast, but this is our first episode on our new home, ESN. And so we'd like to thank uh, Moises for uh, bringing us over and... Um, if you're new to the show, welcome for all the, the dozens of uh, you out there. Actually, it's more than dozens of you. It's, it's a, a, a heartwarmingly a high number of you guys out there. We are back. I'm Christina Warren. And uh, as you've been hearing, uh, the, the gallbladderless man who's feeling better is uh, my good friend, Brett Terpstra. And uh, every week we get together to talk about the stuff that's keeping us awake at night, which basically can be anything sometimes it's computer related sometimes it's productivity related sometimes it's taylor swift related it very frequently involves movies and tv shows it leans very it's, heavily pop culture it really does which it really is really does. bizarre for me i'm not a pop culture guy but, but i don't you know are. you bring it out in me I, I guess I do, but 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 also I think that you are you're you're more you're more of a polymath than you think and <laughs> and uh it's uh it, it's a part of all of us i don't know i uh I, I, I spend so much of my day in, in deep inside tech, although I love the pop culture stuff too. Sometimes it's nice to just go off about that sort of stuff, but, you know, to be nerdy about it because we're nerdy. Yeah, I, I would say that that sums us up pretty well. Yeah. So let's be random. Let's, let's totally be random. Let's start with tech. Tell me, tell, what's, what's, <laughs> what, I don't even know. I've, because of the surgery and overall laziness, I have no idea what this whole Sony hack thing is about. So, so fill me okay. in. Okay, it's amazing. Well, it's actually pretty terrible. It's like I wrote in in an article that I wrote today um, that is basically, I, I think, no hyperbole, like no BS. This is definitely the worst corporate hack I've ever seen, and, and probably one of the worst that's ever happened. So, basically, last week, right before Thanksgiving on uh, November twenty fourth, Sony's internal computer systems, their internet for Sony Pictures was hacked and people got like these messages on their computer screens and it was people were like okay what up you know um and at first you know it seemed like it, sony's been hacked before most notably in 2011 the playstation network was hacked and hacked pretty bad and and, and user accounts were um uh, compromised and passwords were released and credit card information some of that was was let was released as sony pictures entertainment uh which is uh the, the movie studio and the tv studio 
their website was hacked with all of its login information. That wasn't as bad, um, but that was kind of a service level hack. This is actually the intranet and the entire internal corporate servers, everything for Sony Pictures, which is based in Culver City, um, California, just outside of Los, you know, within Los Angeles, and um, and then they have you know satellite locations all over the place. Um, and they got everything. I mean, and by what I mean by they got everything, I mean from what's been released so far, and and so. Um, First, some movies were leaked. Some like DVD, cop- some DVD screeners were leaked, and and uh, some of those are for films that are uh, that are just came out in theaters or are about to go into theaters. And so that got a lot of attention. But the worst stuff was when um, these people who are calling themselves Guardians of the Peace or something um, sent out emails to the press, including I should disclose Mashable, which is one of the reasons we have ac- I've had been deep down accessing a lot of this stuff is. Um, you know, they basically have, have already released about almost 40 gigabytes of, of data from um, the the intranet. And they say that they have, you know, it's less than, than 100 terabytes. But uh, I read some rumors that think that it's probably about 11 terabytes in, in, in total size. And we're talking about everything. We're talking about uh, HR files. We're talking about HIPAA forms. We're talking about... Um, salaries we're talking about sales planning things about you know sales reports and and and, um we're talking about marketing plans we're talking about event plans we're talking about you know scripts uh we're talking about uh all kinds of you know um social security numbers as salaries emails we haven't received access to the emails yet but we do have access to the email keys uh we're talking about uh the mac addresses and, and and serial numbers for every server workstation um that, that Sony controls, as well as like a list of everybody who has pseudo access and what the what the login names are. Um, you know, uh, talking about you know every certificate and SSL certificate okay, and, and okay. everything else. So everything, everything. But what's the uh, what's the upshot of the whole thing? Uh, I, I don't I don't like, know. If there is an upshot. It's... Uh, no, I mean like what what does it all mean? What what's the major uh, danger outside of Sony? Is there a danger to the general? Pub, like general public or is it just no. bad for sony no no this is just bad for sony i mean this is just like your worst nightmare corporate corporate scenario uh the the fbi is involved and there's some thought that north korea might be involved and the reason people think north korea might be involved is that apparently the people behind this are upset about the upcoming film uh the interview with seth rogan and james franco about yeah, yeah. Uh, two journalists who have to assassinate kim jong-un and so apparently they're bothered by that. And something that gives credence that the film might be somewhat involved, of course, that could just be, you know, a, a ruse, is that in some of the documents they leaked on Wednesday, and we're recording this on a Thursday, included um, the full budget for that film. Um, so we got to learn that, that Seth Rogen and, and um, James Franco got $6.5 million in salary and then got paid like ten grand to drive themselves to the set each day. And... <laughs> um, and Seth uh, Seth Rogen got another couple hundred grand for writing the script, and there was like part of some of the things that were you know sanctioned there. There was like weed was on the you know w- w- was it was in the the budget. Um, not a lot of weed. Uh, I think that was probably just for a scene rather than anything else. But um, Lizzie Kaplan, who's going to be in the film, she got paid only a hundred grand. But the upshot there is that it was only for five days of work. So actually, that's not a bad payday for 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 our favorite Lizzie Kaplan because we do enjoy her. Um, no, in regular people don't need to be concerned unless you've ever done business with Sony. Um, in which case, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, if you work at Sony, 
um, your social security number has almost certainly been released, as have probably some of your salary information, your address, and it's possible some of your health information. Um, for whatever reason, one of the employees had previously been a consultant at Deloitte, the um, accounting firm, and, and, and I guess, uh, or not accounting, but, but you know, they do a lot of consulting stuff. And the employee left with like, like tens of thousands of records of Deloitte stuff that for whatever reason, I guess they left with it on maybe one of their thumb drives or one of their machines or something. And somehow that found its way into this stuff because what we learned with what I've learned going through a lot of this stuff, to try to figure out what's there and what's going on um, is that regardless of how they got into the, the system and, and right now the FBI sent out a flash warning about how um, there's some, some really nasty malware and, and what it does basically it, it took everything and then bombed the system basically deleted the master boot records so the the, the really bad thing about all this is that uh, you know basically Sony gets to work one day they try to turn on their computers they see these messages and then all their stuff is gone everything's been completely wiped. Um, fortunately for them, I guess there's a backup. It's just the whole internet has it. And, uh, that's, that's pretty bad. Um, but, um, going through a lot of this stuff, just seeing how terrible the information security practices were within the organization itself. I mean, like people are storing, have password protected documents like you should have, but then they have a full, a, a, a text document labeled passwords that gives you the passwords for all those documents. Wow. Yeah, that's that's actually a very impressive hack. I mean, that's it's like completely that's impressive. like sneakers yeah. level. Yes, <laughs> it's completely completely sneakers level. Speaking of random, let's yes. uh, let's tell people why we're here this week. So uh, we are here this week um, because of you guys, the audience, our loyal listeners, and maybe no, some new serious- listeners. And maybe some new listeners. No, and seriously, we want to thank you all. Like when we moved networks, which we're not going to really get into that. I mean, obviously, we're, we were happy with the time we have and we, we loved creating the show and we're happy to continue doing the show. Um, I was really heartened. I don't know about you. I know that this happened when Brett was going in for surgery right before Thanksgiving. I was so heartened to see all the support of, of all of our listeners who came out and, and rated our show and, and spread the word about us on Twitter and moving in the congratulations we got. But, like, that seriously was, ama- was, was amazing. It was. It was. Uh, it was a nice send off before I went under anesthesia. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I heard we got canceled. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that too. Um, although it's kind of hard to get canceled after you already move networks. Yeah. I, I, I. We won't go into it, like we said. But we're not going to go into it, like we said. But I, I just mean, find yeah, I no. find that data point very intriguing. I thought that data point was really funny, and 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 and, and, and for the record. Clearly, we're here. We were not canceled, but we were here because of you guys and and our, our amazing audience. And we're, you know, we're so excited about continuing to do the show, and really excited about doing it on on ESN. And um, we're gonna have sponsors in general, like we do in the past, you know. And you'll hear about one of them, you know, kind of at the end of the show. But we just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's been patiently waiting for a new episodes, who's been tweeting us, and who's been you know, being like, "When's the next Overtired coming out?" Like we we hear you, and we're super excited. Um, and uh, I mean, like, it was kind of awesome. We were already put in the, the new and noteworthy uh, listing in iTunes. Before we even had anything to listen to. Exactly. Isn't that kind of amazing? Like, that's amazing. We'll see um, if that lasts after we talk for a while. After we talk for a while. But, but the fact that we got into that was amazing. And, and the, the, the reviews have been really good. Um, like, you know, 
the I, I I've seen nothing but really positive reviews. What about you? Well, there's been there, there, there was one one star rating, which is <laughs> also funny. Before you record your first show, I was gonna say. I mean, like, okay, and systematic, which is also moving to esn.fm, um, also received a single one star rating with no review, so you can't tell who did it. Just uh, another humorous data I point. I love the internet. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. You know, but I mean. Did you know that people actually respond better to four and a half stars than they do to five from a marketing perspective? Is that because they think that it's more it's more accurate? Yeah, it seems because you, you, you get all these five star apps that only actually have one review, one five star right. review. So they get a five star. I think uh, four and a half stars lends credence to the idea that you are real. Exactly. I, that that's what that's what it would say to me because whenever I see nothing but five stars, I'm like, is this a real person? Well, and that's why I left the one star ratings. I was so it was you yeah. who left. See, don't do that. Don't leave one star ratings on our own podcast, Brett. I'm sorry. But seriously, rating and reviewing us really does help. Like genuinely. So does um, subscribing. So, so does subscribing. So I mean, genuinely, really helps. So please subscribe to us. And um, like like we said, we're gonna have sponsors. We're gonna have kind of a read at the end. But if you know anybody, or maybe if you wanna you know have your your podcast sponsored by people that like to talk about Taylor Swift and uh, uh, random Sony hacks and pop culture and um, tech stuff and nerdy stuff we're kind of awesome that way we're super awesome i think uh i think it would be fair to say to your boss or your friend who makes marketing decisions that it would be uh almost a mistake not to sponsor overtired i would agree with that i would agree with that i think that um you know we are we are one of the best podcast about two people who've been friends for eight years who just randomly talk about stuff every week that's available out there i mean we might not be serial um but frankly there is only one serial so yeah yeah that's like i don't listen that's like i don't listen to real podcasts i don't even know what you're talking about um you don't don't know serial i don't how do you not know serial i i i don't know it is it's 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 been like the whole reason that everybody's writing about podcasts and getting excited about podcasts again is because serial is a big hit. It's the spinoff of This American Life. Oh, really? Because I do listen mm-hmm. to that. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Nice. Well, so anyway, aside from us being awesome and sponsorable, uh, what 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 would you like to talk about? Well, we talked about the Sony hack, so like the. the more stuff from that is coming out. Let's just put it this way. As I said, like it's it's basically like it's bad. More news as we receive it. Yeah, basically. I mean, and that is actually kind of what's happening is that we're getting these pay spin files from these people that's then going to a bunch of raw who are, files. Who are these people? And this is the people known as Guardians of Peace or GOP. We don't know where they are. We don't I mean that's up that's for the FBI to determine. Ooh, 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 that reminds me. There's this uh facebook page i found yesterday uh Uh the um uh disciples of the new dawn have you seen this i have not it's the most ridiculously offensive page and it's it it's i spent i think all total last night about two hours researching this page and trying to figure out why they're doing what they're doing but basically they just Every time they post, it's something that will piss off a different group of people. And if you go through the comments, it's all people who are 
pissed about that particular post. They don't seem to have any anybody following them that actually agrees with them. They just they put up stuff that's guaranteed to get shared around and complained about everywhere. So they get massive eyeballs, but they don't seem to have any ads. And I don't know how like what their what what the purpose is. Like how what was the point of this troll? Right, and I mean I'm told that most circles interpret them as a parody of evangelicalism. But the guy in charge of it actually has, like, he has a history of, like, uh, abusive conversations with reporters and child abuse. And, like, he's not a good guy. So this right? isn't some smart guy pretending to be some Alabama, uh, like, uh, pastor, like, going crazy on everybody. I think it's actually some crazy Alabama pastor. And going crazy on everybody and not... That's amazing. They had a post that said that cats are evil, and by owning a cat, you have allowed evil into your life. And it has a picture of a cat, like, twisted into this yoga position that makes it look like a pentagram. <sighs> and another one with an upside-down cross marking above its nose. It's, it's just utterly ridiculous. It's amazing. It's amazing. That is amazing. And that's impressive. And I'm a little scared, but I want to see this badly. You've, you've, you've put this in the notes, I'm assuming. Uh, I haven't yet, but I will. Uh, it's very easy. It's facebook.com slash D-O-T-N-D. No, I forgot. I'll, I'll find it. See, this is what I'm saying. We've, we've got we've got to get, put the URL in there. We can't expect people to just like listen to the URLs. Like They want to tap on them in, over, in, in Overcast. Yes. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll find it. You would think after I spent that much time on there last night, I would know it, but... I was going to say, well, no, because, I mean, but I understand why you spend so much time, because you're trying to figure out, like, if they're legit or if they're not. Like, case in point, I don't want to get into the whole political thing, because it's really sad, and I just don't want to talk about it, but the the um, in New York, one of the big stories, it's been a big story nationally, is um, um, Eric Gardner, the guy who, um, there's video of cops putting him in a, cho in a chokehold, and then... Um, that apparently, I guess, invoked a, a heart attack. He couldn't breathe and he died and the cop was not indicted for any charges. And there's this website apparently called Police One or something like that, which is like a message board for police officers and people in law enforcement. And their responses to the cop not getting indicted were some of the most horrific, vile things I've ever seen in my life. And it made me truly scared of like the police. Um, but it's one of those things where we're looking at the comments and we were having this debate at the office where some people were like, oh, well, there's no proof that that's actually cops who are saying these things, even though it, it clearly is a community that is dedicated towards law enforcement and whatnot. Um, but it became one of those things where you're like, are these people serious or are they just trolling? Like, are they really saying this sort of stuff? Like, if he's saying he can't breathe, he can clearly breathe. Like, someone who, who claims to be in law enforcement actually said that. See... All right, and I, I won't go deep into this because I will lose friends, but uh, statistically speaking, when people say, well, most cops are good people, it's statistically false. Like, you, 50%, like, I guarantee you 51% have a personality type that is borderline, like, criminally aggressive. It's, I've, I've just, like, I've dealt with police my entire life, given some of my life choices, and there are very few that do not thoroughly enjoy a position of power. They exist. Well, I'm I, not saying they don't exist. Oh, and sure, I would say sure, sure. it could be 49%. But to say that sure. like 90% of cops are actually good people, 
I have not found that to be true. Well, I mean, and, and to, 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 to pull that back a little bit and not just look like we're, we're attacking cops and uh, cops. Well, you're not. I don't it's think... just me. People can send me the hate okay. mail. Well, no. Well, what I'm saying, though, is that I think actually what you find, I mean, that the, the Stanford prison riot experiments were, were proof of this, that when regular individuals, no matter what their makeup, when they're put into situations of power and having power over others, it's amazing what happens and how your personality changes and how your whole um, – you know, demeanor changes and the, you know, the Stanford prison experiments were like the, the, the quintessential proof of that. And they've done that over and over again. And, and it's really, um, uh, enlightening slash scary to see how, you know, all of us, we can think that we would not act a certain way. And then when put in certain set of circumstances and, and having, you know, certain sets of, um, um, you know, uh, things happen. Environmental. Yeah, exactly. Having certain environmental things going on and, and being in a certain circumstance can alter the way that we act drastically. And you can, to make it seem as if you're not even like. Well, and there's a certain the, personality type that's more prone to, that's to jumping on that situation than others. Um, without a doubt, without a doubt. And that's, I think one of those things where you're, where you're saying that there are people who might choose to go into law enforcement might be more prone to really, um, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, it's not, I don't, I, like I said, I don't want to get too far into this cause I will make an ass of myself. Um, I, I have friends who are cops and I do think they're good people and I don't think they do bad things. I, uh, I just, I, 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 I get, a little bit uncomfortable when people start making blanket statements about these are just bad apples. Agreed. So we'll leave Agreed. it at that. Did you ever read the we'll wave? Leave it at that. Yes. Yeah. I, that was, that was a assigned reading for us in like grade school. I was going to say, I remember that. Yeah. I mean, that was fake, but it was kind of based on the Stanford prison experiments. Right. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, it's exactly what you're talking about where you, you start like feeding kids the power over other kids and, see where it goes and that was a scary book yeah no i remember reading that as a kid for sure and being like huh yeah did they make you wear armbands when you were discussing it you know what um they did <laughs> did they, they really did for like i'm trying to remember no no no. We, not not for that one we didn't there was another thing we did in, in high school where we had to wear armbands it wasn't for the wave though yeah we did do there was some i can't remember when it happened it was there was some weird class that they did armbands, but it wasn't a direct, like, third right kind of study. But we all took it that way. It was, eh, anyway. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that actually what we wound up doing, um, for, I, was in, I was in high school at this point, and it was similar to the way, but it was a different sort of thing. And we, we saw what the teacher was trying to do, and so we ended up subverting the assignment by refusing to act the way that they wanted us to act. Subversion is a good thing. It is. So we were like, we read that Dr. Seuss book about the, the you know, the, the people with star bellies and the people without star bellies. We, we, <laughs> we know where this is going. We're educated. We're in the public we school are. system. I was. <laughs> um, I was too. I was right. too. Um, it's, okay. So if I can make another random jump because I'm tired enough that I don't have an attention span at all. Speaking yeah. of... Speaking of, it's been suggested to me by by some medical professionals recently that I might be like on the autism spectrum. 
that's a hmm. that's a new one for me. Like I've always been classified as like bipolar and severe ADHD, but the autism thing, it, it, like when I was presented with the evidence, it kind of started to make sense. Um, but I need to go. I'm, I'm going to find a new shrink this week because yeah. mine's an idiot. So. I was going to say the only thing to me that doesn't match about the autism spectrum thing is the way the way I always look at that is like if everybody reads that everybody like can have Asperger's or everybody can have different right. things on the well, spectrum. Well, that's how I've always looked at it. It's like and, everyone thinks they're Aspie. Right. I've I've always actually made fun of people for having that because I know people who actually have have Aspergers and I've I've worked with autistic kids and and, and I I it's a different sort of thing and I would think knowing you especially with them the way that you're able to to talk about your feelings and and have nuanced conversations most of the people that I interact with and, and people that I know who I'm friends with who are far more on the spectrum don't have that kind of insight. Yeah. Well, and I I guess it's the parts of. Um, my ability to uh, read these days, like have mm-hmm. degraded to a point where I pretty much can't read for more than five minutes. Um, right. Like physically, like mentally, it's not just attention span. It's like my brain just shuts down if there's any input that requires uh, processing, like a movie I can do, but books are getting really hard for me. Um yeah, so I, like I said, I'm gonna find a new shrink. I'll get I'll get an actual clinical diagnosis and see where I'm at. Um, yeah, but I was gonna bring up Californication. Yes, you, it, yeah, did, we, I love that show. Did you watch the whole thing back in the day? I watched most of it, and I didn't get all the way through it. But I've wanted to go back and revisit it. But I, but I really enjoyed it. And I especially really liked the early um, uh, seasons. Right, and. And now it's you on know, Hulu, so I'm going back through those yes. early seasons. Yeah, it's on Hulu, and I think it's on. It might be on Netflix. I'm not sure, but but yeah. But I've I've, I've um, oh, I know what it is. I have the Showtime on demand thing or whatever it's called, Showtime anywhere, and um, so it's there too. But yeah, no, I loved that show, and and David Duchovny. Like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna lose nerd points that I was not a huge X Files fan. I liked it enough, but then I just I wasn't like in love with it. Like I know a lot of my friends were. Uh, I had a lot of friends who were in love with it, but I just personally wasn't like totally, you know, about it. Um, when it was on Sundays, I watched it. Um, actually, I did, and then I didn't because the practice was on at the same time, and I was like, <laughs> I like the practice better. But, um, but I liked Duchovny so much better in in his role in Californication because it feels like that's closer to who he really is. He's like exactly. the Diaries guy. I had guy. that exact thought. Like I, I watched every X Files, but I've never had interest in going back and watching them again. Presented with the opportunity, I'm always like, eh, seen it. But there were hints all through the X-Files of his, like, actual personality when he'd, like, make some sarcastic offhanded yep. remark or, like, they'd play out some attraction to Scully or whatever. Um, exactly. And then, like, you know, Red Shoe Diaries kind of, like, was a big departure for him. And Californication just really feels like maybe not who he is in real life, but it's who he really wanted to play. Without a doubt. And and it's interesting, too, because I remember watching Red Shoe Diaries and seeing him on it and realizing at a certain point that that was the same guy that was on The X-Files. And I always thought that was really interesting that he's like on this soft porn show. And, um, you know, and he's since come out and said that he has a sex addiction and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, you totally get this feeling that he totally is exactly who who he plays in Californication, which is really fascinating. And then and it's fun to watch. Then I started thinking about all of my favorite movies, all my favorite 
like visual media, even books, like even any, any, any story, I guess I'm really attracted to empty, hollow, shallow lives, not in like the acting. Like I like, I like depth of character, but I like that character to just be hopeless. And I don't know why. I like the idea of like movies like choke and, uh, mm-hmm. And what was the one we just talked about that I, I I loved, but now I've forgotten the name of, uh, with the bad cop. Oh, that sucks. Anyway, um, but yeah, there's something about this, like, the lifestyle that Duchovny lives in Californication, where it's basically it's a string of empty relationships and just constantly getting punched in the face and not really caring about anything, well, drinking and, like- and failing at life. Well, I mean, it's Don Draper, first of all. Um, it's probably one of the reasons you like Mad Men. Um, it, it's it's a Neil Laboot, um play uh, swashed with like a, you know, um, a Brett Easton Ellis book is, is, I guess, kind of what you're saying. Um, yeah. and, and if you're not familiar with, with, with Neil Laboot, he did um, Your Friends and Neighbors and then The Company of Men and... Um, he he's a playwright, but it, but it, a lot of his um, uh, plays have been made into to movies. And the Company of Men was the big one. Your friends and neighbors. Um, he did uh, the Shape of Things, um, and and he's kind of famous for having like these really despicable, like awful characters that are still really compelling to watch. But but a lot of the characters in his films are just really awful, and uh, they don't have redeeming values at all. And which is a really interesting thing to have, like, you know, having such a, you know, antagonist, you know, sort of, you know, anti-hero sort of, you know, center. But there's not, like, in most things, there's still kind of like an underbelly of, like, e- even with Californication where, like, Neil Laboot gets a little bit harder edge where, you know, there's still something in him and there's the redeeming qualities and you can enjoy it. Like, if you watch, you know, in The Company of Men, there's not actually any redeeming value in a lot of those characters. Like, there's just, it's not there. Um, which uh, makes uncomfortable watching, especially with someone else, uh, if they don't go in with the understanding or if they're not open to having that sort of artistic expression. The vast majority of the things, the vast majority of the things I enjoy uh, are not um, comfortable to watch with other people. Did you ever see Nurse Betty? No. That was the one with uh, Renee Zellweger and uh, Greg Kinnear. Um, it, that was probably the most mainstream thing that Neil Laboot ever directed, but, uh, it, it was good. Um, and it, it's kind of a noir sort of thing. It's a dark film. It's, I, I enjoy it, but it's one of those weird films that's difficult for a lot of people, which is why it's rating an IMDb is only 6.3 because I think people just get too, you know, like bothered by it. And it's kind of the same way with Brett Easton Ellis and his books. And and Chuck um uh, Palahniuk, you mentioned Choke earlier. It's kind of the same way, you know, these characters that there's not a whole lot to hold on to in the traditional sense that are very just not likable people. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think Homeland is so interesting is, is uh, you know, uh, they've done that kind of for a female character. And actually girls, I'll say that about girls. I'm not a huge – I like Lena Dunham. I don't like Lena – I go back and forth. But I like her. I'm, I'm, a, I'm on my phase right now where I'm liking her a lot more. And I do appreciate that most of the characters in girls are so completely unlikable. I had some and... friends like that in college that were kind of like, I like girls. I don't like girls. I like girls. They couldn't, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I did too, actually. <laughs> on, 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 both men and women who were that way. 
Anyway, I'm sorry. I just derailed you. No, you had to, though. It's funny. Um, I still can't remember the name of that movie I was talking about. The one. No, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I know what you're talking about now. That was. We, we talked about it last episode. I'm trying to find our show was notes. Was it the last episode? I think it was a couple yeah, back. But, filth. It might have been a it couple was back. Filth. filth. Yes, filth. Yeah, yes. like that. My wife can watch those with me, and she may not like get as excited about them as I do, but it's comfortable to watch them with her. But yeah, I I had a first date. Did I ever tell you about my first date where we went to see Happiness? Yes, and I told you then about how uh, I how my first date with where I showed someone Happiness. He checked into um, um, the uh, the mental institution. Oh, that's right. To, to, to deal with his uh, latent uh, um, be, uh, molestation uh, past that he he you know burned from his eyes. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad one of us has uh, a memory, or we would just keep doing the same show over and over again. Well, see, that's what's kind of great about this, especially now that we're on ESN, and we should talk about some of the other ESN shows. Though, is that we're kind of able to do sort of a greatest hit sort of thing, but just kind of in the middle. I mean, I figure like 22 <laughs> episodes is like a good time to revisit stuff, don't you think? Yeah, recap. Recap exactly, and it's like it's like those Simpsons. See, and again, we're going to go back to like the well that keeps on giving. We're going to talk about the Simpsons. Um, you know, it's kind of like when they when they were would do you know those um, you know um, flashback episodes, and Fox apparently wanted them to do like eighty bajillion clip shows a year, and so one year they did like two or two of them or something like that, and finally Matt Groening was like enough. But the one where um, you know um, Bart, uh, like the, the dumbest precipice of it was you know Bart shakes up Homer's beer in um, the the paint can shaker, and um, Homer ends up having to go to the hospital, and they all have the the memories of the different things that have happened. Um, although I did love that the, the Simpsons, the hundred thirty eighth episode spectacular, hosted by Troy McClure, where he you know does it as you know a parody of the whole format which was great you have the most amazing brain <laughs> okay. uh, um but no but i mean but, but we, we should talk you know about where we're on you know like esn and um well i was a guest on um, esn before as part of a two-part episode for a series they have called thank you for calling which is about um and um it's uh episodes nine and ten about working in video game retail and it was me and moises and casey list from the accidental tech, uh, tech podcast and, and other shows basically rem- reminiscing about the summer of 99 um uh, and working in video game retail and that was really fun i think that this network is it's it's uh kind of fledgling right now but I'm really excited to yeah. be here because there's a, there's a lot of talent here already and there's some exciting shows. And yeah, I think it's a good time to be in on the ground floor of this. I'm with you. I'm with you. Anybody who's like willing to like let us talk about stuff. Plus, I mean, we, <laughs> we should we should we should give a shout out like our we're going to talk about it later. But like our our new artwork is so cool. Yes. And yeah, Jory, the Jory Raphael. Is that is that how he says his last name? Uh, you know it's what? one of I those things know. where I read it all the time, but I've never heard anyone say it out loud. We're going to say Raphael. Yeah. Cause we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about it at the end of the show, but we just want to give him a shout out now because like our new, like stop what you're doing and like look at overcast and like look at our artwork and look at how awesome it is. Like my, my, my colleague, Adario was up strange. Um, his last name is strange. So I call him strange actually complimented. He liked the new font and the coffee beans. Like he was like, that's awesome. We had suggested that uh, it actually be a pile of like Ritalin pills, but then I pulled back on that idea. Yeah, actually, I was surprised too that you were the one who pulled back from the pills because I was like, "Yes, let's do it." I'd kind of, like, no. I'd rather not be associated with, uh, with, or, uh, with class. What are the class one <laughs> drugs? 
Class two. Class two. Okay. Because class one is like 15. Yeah. Which is also, you know. It is, but it's different. Let's not. Look, it's hard enough for me to get my controlled substances <laughs> now. Like, let's not make it any harder. Like that's really. It's and actually now that we're talking about it, like yeah, I, I kind of wouldn't want to put the put the word out like, don't give this woman constro- <laughs> controlled substances. It's like yeah, it's a it's a it's a section two or class two or whatever schedule two schedule two. Schedule, that's that's the word. Schedule, yeah, it's a schedule two drug. Don't don't give it to her because it's hard enough already, especially in New York where those people are crazy as they should be because people like doctor shop like mofos. My uh, my husband calls his shrink um, doctor um, worksheet because for a long time for like a year he thought he was going to this one doctor and it turned out he was actually seeing another doctor. How does that happen? Because he apparently guessed the doctor he wanted to see one day was not there. And so he got an appointment with another doctor. And he just, I guess, never realized the guy's name was different. Because <laughs> this is what sort of great relationship he has with his shrink. Is he, does not, he doesn't know the guy's name. Yeah. Like you and I, like we take our mental health uh, a little more seriously. Well, not I'm not saying Grant doesn't take it seriously. But like we, at least I anyway, go more for a lot of therapy stuff. And um, or at least some of the talk stuff. But uh yeah, he calls his doctor doctor worksheet, which um, is a perfect name because the guy basically just fills out a worksheet. He's nice. They've developed a rapport, gives him a script. He's on his way. That's I basically doctor- what I do. I had a doctor like that when I was between shrinks, when I was between my, my first good shrink and my current shrink. Um, I had a guy, but I called him Dr. Kevorkian, and that's actually how he was in my phone, which at the time was like a Nokia, like 8290, you know, like dumb phone, tiny phone. Um but Dr. Worksheet would have been better, but he was, yeah, that guy was, it was, it was bad. But, um, the only was, reason my shrink has me come in at all is because he wants to bill me. It's basically, I sit down I tell him about any new issues. He adjusts medication as needed. And then I'm out, which is also why I'm looking for a new shrink right now. I just yeah. don't, I have no options here in town. I have to drive at least 30 minutes, maybe 45 to get to Mayo. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, you're, come on, man, you're in Minnesota. Go to the Mayo Clinic. You want to drive 45 minutes to go see a shrink? I don't. I don't know. I would. I don't, I don't drive 45 minutes for anything. I don't like driving that much. Yeah. I don't know. I've been thinking lately about taking um, a 45 minute train ride to go to Arby's. There's so many things wrong with what you just said. I know, Mr. I haven't had McDonald's in 20 years, but see, again, we're doing callbacks. This is so good. This is what this episode is going to be called, the callback. Okay. Fair enough. Have we, yeah, we actually have spent more time talking about previous topics. We really have. I'm okay with that. I am too. I think it's great. I think it's a good, a good way to start fresh is to rehash old episodes. See, (laughs) (laughs) because for everybody who's new, they can just be like, I don't even know what these people are talking about. I'm done. Please give us five stars on iTunes. Thank you. Subscribe. You don't have to listen. Just subscribe and, and give us five stars. No. Well, no. Um, what I would say is give us a chance because yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sick. You know, I just got out of surgery. Maybe we're having an off week. I don't know because I'm not even aware enough right now to tell how we're doing. Right. And and I we're a little out of practice. We used to, we were we had like a really good rhythm going. I'm a little nervous as if I'm being honest. I'm interviewing uh uh, talk show host Wendy Williams tomorrow on stage at Mashable's Media Summit, and it's either going to go really well or really terribly. Um, either way will be awesome because if it goes really poorly, like that's almost as good, to be honest, with someone like Wendy Williams who, 
is really loud and outgoing and boisterous and and funny and and she's good at what she does and I'm a big fan actually because I uh, you know I, I don't get to talk to a lot of people about desperate about about the about the real housewives and 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 all things that happen in like low rent celebrity culture because I have to pretend like I'm above all that but in truth I, I kind of love it um so I'm I'm a little uh I'm a little nervous um when when you said Wendy Williams I I always think of Wendy O. Williams, which would be it would be hard to interview her given she committed suicide many years ago. But do you remember Wendy O. Williams? Um, I, I did after you reminded me about, about her earlier in the in, in, in the our pre-talk. Why, why don't you why don't you fill everyone in on Wendy O. Williams? Because I don't want to say this. <laughs> well, I mean, essentially, she, she was the, uh, a singer for the Plasmatics and she was, you know, one of the early uh, uh, Mo- Mohican female artists and she had a a thing where she would shoot ping pong balls out of certain orifices on stage and uh she yeah she (laughs) he was pretty she's crazy she's crazy but she's dead our show (laughs) uh is you ever see candy goes to hollywood it was an excellent uh film from the uh late 70s um i know i did not yeah, that 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 she was actually on film. Uh, it was X-rated, and uh, I think they call it NC-17 now, or like whatever. Right. But uh, but yeah, she did the uh, ping pong ball trick uh, for a movie. You know, I think I've seen a clip of that for. Uh, I think it was called uh, uh, Z Channel, um, which was a, a documentary about this great network that was in the seventies and, and eighties that was dedicated to like weird weird ass like documentaries and, and weird stuff on TV. And I think that, cause I've seen clips of her doing it before. Maybe it wasn't from that film. Maybe, maybe she did other wise. So, so when you're on stage interviewing Wendy Williams, you should think in the back of your mind about asking her if she's any relation to Wendy O Williams and see where the <sighs> conversation goes. See, yeah, that would be, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I might get fired. Yeah. Are we allowed to talk about where you were a couple days ago? Where was I a couple days ago? In Florida? No, with the uh, the Steffords. Oh. <laughs> uh, Probably um, not, huh? Because that could go bad places. That could go bad places. Let's just uh, say your job takes you to some interesting places. Yeah, let's just say that. It takes me to some interesting places and some, some interesting green rooms. Yes. For some interesting um, um, uh, cable networks with three letters. You lost me on that one, but partly because I was reading that in Wendy O. Williams' uh, discography, she has a recording of "Stand by Your Man" with Lemmy Kilmeister from <laughs> Motorhead. I never heard that one, but I'm going to look it up now. That's pretty awesome. Anyway, oh, uh, Tanya Tucker. I that will, was Tanya Tucker, wasn't it? I don't remember. I just I was kind of it was done by so many people. It's hard to uh, hard for me. I I, I just remember the 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 um the Hillary Clinton uh, quip about it that um the people Tammy Wynette. Tammy Wynette. I knew it was a Tammy. Yeah. Or started with the T. <laughs> started with the T. I knew it started with the T. And it sounded like country. So yeah. it sounded like country. Well, and Tanya and Tammy both do. So yeah, Tammy Wynette. Yeah. Now I've got. Now I'm gonna have that song in my head for uh for forever. Um, when I was younger, I used to love uh, during the summers watching. Um, there were a number of um, 
the, I would watch the People's Court and and some of the other judge shows. This before like the the whole like revolution of judge shooting and all that stuff. This was like the early '90s. There was the People's Court, of course, but then there were these um, two syndicated shows that were about courtrooms, but they were half hour long and they were night court. No, <laughs> divorce court, oh, yeah. and the judge, and they were scripted. But they would like present real trials and divorce court. I think most of it was scripted, but it might have been based on real cases. I'm not really sure. Um, the later divorce court that came down the line that obviously is still around, like or, or was around for a while, was was real divorce cases. But this divorce court was was more. And it wasn't until I was much older I realized that it was mostly scripted. But they um, there was also the judge, which would do like like civil court stuff, and and there was you would sometimes see like interactions between the lawyers behind the scenes, and it was it was like a thirty minute thing. Um, I was obsessed with these shows as a kid, and I wanted to be a lawyer. And uh, I remember during the divorce court uh, promos, they would always play um, like um, ads for these tapes or CDs you could get with like songs about like failed love. And Stand by Your Man was one of them, and so was uh, Dolly Parton singing D I V O R C E. Um, and, uh, things like that. And it was, uh, so whenever I hear stand by your man, I just, I hear like the, the beginnings of that commercial, um, for, for that, uh, divorce, uh, you know, cassette tape or a track. That's a weird association though. Yeah. Stand by your man and divorce your man. Well, I guess it was maybe, it was like, maybe like, you know, trying to work it out or maybe, <laughs> I, I don't know, like maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not really sure. All I know is that the song was, was part of that thing. And so I always hear parts of that ad campaign, like, cause I guess that was the first time I ever heard the song. Yeah. So that's always what it's associated with, with me for. Interesting. So you saw Interstellar. I did. I'm just going to drive the random truck through this whole episode. Just do it, do it, do it, do it. That's what we're calling it. It's the random truck. No, it doesn't make any sense. It's not even funny. Come on. Um, yeah. It's, it's, okay. So your overall impression of Interstellar? Um, I really liked the soundtrack and I liked, I liked it. It was problematic. It was too long, but I liked it. I see. I, I felt like it was an okay length. I, I actually really enjoyed the, the premise like mm-hmm. uh, for like Elon Musk's like Martian terraforming plans are some of my like favorite things in the world right now because I really feel like we gotta we gotta you know diversify our options here. Um, but I the ending left me feeling a lot like 2001: Space Odyssey. Yes, where you're like I could you know take a couple stabs at what we're talking about here, but. It doesn't all just, I don't know, it didn't solidify for me. I'm not saying that it was bad. I'm saying I didn't get it and maybe it went over my head. Yeah, I, I, you know, I got it, I feel like, but I'm kind of the same way. I feel like it didn't quite come together. I mean, parts of it did, but I st- that's why I think I, I, I felt like it was too long. I felt like it could have used an editor because I feel like the point kind of got lost. Yeah, I would say that that's fair enough. Like I did, I liked it. I would, I would watch it again. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it again. Um, and I feel like I need to see it again to really kind of take into it. And and I I went um, primarily so I could. I knew I wanted to see it, and and then I went um, in large part opening night because I the next I had to work the next day, and um, I needed to write an article about 
what they got right and what they got wrong about science. And it, it's actually come out that quite a lot of the science was was based in correct theories and they did things really well. Um, but, you know, um, having to immediately kind of go into an, you know, analysis mode while I was watching it, I, I saw the 2001 things. And then I, well, what I kept thinking is it was funny and I didn't even realize it until after I had seen the film. I kept thinking, I was like, you know, this is, this feels so much like a Spielberg film. Like this feels like something that Spielberg would have, w- yeah, would, yeah, would yeah. make. Um, it turns out actually Spielberg was attached to it originally. And then he had to drop out for some for some of the reason. And then Chris Nolan came in. And I have to wonder if and I love Christopher Nolan as a director, but I have to wonder if Spielberg would have done a better job with the editing and maybe getting more to the heart of what was really there and doing a better job of exposing things. Because there was a lot of it that kind of was very War of the Worlds, um, it, you know, early on, especially. Yeah. Um, and, um, it, it, you know, but it didn't make mistakes for some other, you know, films like that, like, like Solaris. And I love Steven Soderbergh more than anything, but Solaris is not a good film and, uh, at all. And, um, and, and it's problematic. So I don't know. I mean, I had problems with the film, but I, I enjoyed it, but I felt like it really could have used a good editor, um, maybe to, to get some of the, the heart of it across more. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, and that's that's basically I'm I'm done. Have you had the same arc of feelings about Matthew McConaughey that I have in that you know, I loved him as like kind of the young stoner guy and then he kind of went through a period where I didn't care so much about him and lately he's gotten to be someone that I actually enjoy seeing in movies again? Yes. That's that's exactly where I am. Like I really did the like- same thing with Brad Pitt too. I've just enjoyed Brad Pitt, period. But Brad Pitt, it's funny. I was looking, my my husband and I had kind of this argument. And I think Grant won. And, and Grant, if you're listening, this, you almost never get to hear this, but you were right. But he was making the argument that, you know, Brad Pitt um, has some of the picks, some of the best films of any actor oh, out yeah. there. And I, and I would agree, actually, looking at his entire filmography, he does not pick bad roles and he picks him at the right point in his career he does he's had he's just he has impeccable timing and and, and impeccable like taste for for his role selection and mcconaughey it's interesting because if you compare interstellar with contact i mean they're similar films in a lot of mm-hmm. ways yeah um and and i they both have their problems i i prefer interstellar um and i'm a big jody foster fan but you know they're I liked him a lot when he was like the stoner and he was in, you know, Days and Confused and, and he was kind of doing, you know, that sort of role. And then they try to kind of make him into this leading man sort of guy, you know, like hot shot, you know, good looking guy, which he is. But it didn't really work for me. And now as he's gotten older, but he's still good looking and he just kind of is whoever he he just is himself. You know, he was he was great in Dallas Buyers Club and, and he was he was really good in this. Yeah, I really enjoy watching him on screen. He's just so damn relaxed all the time that it it it's both infuriating because he's just like um superior to me without even trying. Yes. And uh but at the same time it's it's endearing. I don't know. I like the guy now. Yeah, no totally. And it, what what was the thing? I mean, I, I I think this was a real thing where he like got arrested. He was like playing bongo drums naked or something. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it's awesome which, in a way that if the wrong person did it, I'd want to kick them in the face. But but he can get away with it because he's just so cool. That's the thing. Yeah. He's just he's so cool. And um, uh, what's her face? Um, I like Anne Hathaway, but the other uh, the other person in Interstellar, um, uh, uh, Jessica. Um, which what? Which know, she character? played the daughter. Oh. Um, I'm gonna check the uh, cast list here. I don't, oh, 
I'm, no, I, I don't remember. Let's see, we got Anne Hathaway, Michael Caine, uh, Bill Irwin, Francis McCarthy, Jessica Colette Chastain. Wolf. Oh, okay. Jessica Chastain. I'm not a big fan of hers. I'll, 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 I know everybody's she, all, you know, she's like. She's kind of, I saw an interview with her. Yes. And don't tell her I said this because I'd like to be friends. But um, she she didn't come across as a very well-read, well-thought-out th- like, uh, well person. Like, and I felt that in her character, too. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, um, she was, The Tree of Life was a good film, and she was good in that, and she was great in Zero Dark Thirty, don't get me wrong. Um, The Help, I just have problems with that film in general. But, um, I didn't even know what I was going to say, though, is that I didn't even really mind her that much in it. But, yeah, I kind of got that impression, too. I saw some, actually, like, some interview with, like, uh, it was a Google Hangout with, um, that I had to watch for research for the the, thing, the story I was doing about the science stuff with Anne Hathaway and with Matthew McConaughey and with Jessica Chastain and with um, and I think it was like the three of them and um, Hathaway and and and, um, and uh, McConaughey came across as very intelligent, very well read, and very like interested in the science, and the space, and stuff. And they were like doing it from like the um, you know, Air and Space Museum or whatever. And uh, they were taking some questions or having some conversations with with people who've actually been in space. And they seemed like very interested in like asking them questions about stuff. She didn't really seem that interested. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not that I think she's dumb. It's not that she came across as like empty headed. It's just that she didn't seem overly interested in like the science and the technical aspects of things. Right. Yeah. But I, but I liked her in it. I was good. That was, that was really what now we've gone and we've insulted Jessica Chastain who will, will now never be on a podcast. I sincerely apologize. I, that was really all entirely my fault. And, but I agreed with you. So it's, it's fine. And again, I, and I started my thing with saying, you know, I really don't like her, but so. <laughs> I, I, I do think they should make a, a movie where Anne Hathaway gets to play just someone like, uh, 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 like what was the movie with, was it Jodie Foster or? The one with the the uh, German Shepherd and they go like vigilante and kill a bunch of drug dealers. I think it was uh, Jodie Foster. I don't think that was Jodie Foster. Who was that? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. It was it was it was um yeah uh yeah no but you're right she totally should just be they, somebody should write her an action role part. I do yeah, think absolutely. Yes, she could do uh, Eon Flux really well. She actually really could. Especially while she still has the short hair, like she yeah. could be badass at that. <laughs> okay, well we've we've successfully uh, killed a full hour here. Aside from you, our loyal listeners who made this show possible, uh, we'd also like to thank Jory Raphael and his Symbolicons icon set. Uh, he also did the logo, as we mentioned before, for Overtired. Uh, but Symbolicons is an awesome library of vector icons that Jory created for you to pay for and use. Uh, you can get 40% off of any of these icon set bundles by using the code ESN1 at Symbolicons.com. Uh, and if you do like the uh, or the art for Overtired or any of the shows on ESN, that's all thanks to Jory's Magic Touch. Uh, so go buy his stuff, hire him, throw money at him in the street. He really, truly deserves it. And, and I do, I, I use Symbolicons, yes. I do too, just when I do mock-ups. I don't even have like any apps, but like I've bought them over the years because they're so good. Yes, I, I, they're actually my go-to set. I use them in production regularly. Very good stuff. Thanks, Jory. Thank you, Jory. Wow. 
it's been good to talk to you again, Christina. Likewise, I've missed talking to you. I've missed my friend. I'm glad you're feeling better. And um, I'm glad we're on ESN. Me too. All right. Well, um, hopefully there'll be some really good outro music playing right now, but I haven't decided what I'm going to do with it yet. We'll cool. see. I bet you. I bet you dollars to donuts. Do they say that anywhere but Minnesota? Uh, I say it sometimes. Okay. So I bet you dollars to donuts there's some great music playing underneath us right now. Rocking out as always. All right. Well, I will talk to you later, Brett. Get some sleep because you're tired and I've got to get some sleep because I'm interviewing Wendy Williams in the morning. Rock on. Say hi to Wendy. I will. I will. And I'll be like, you're not Wendy O. Williams, so you're even more awesome. <laughs> or, yeah, I'll let you have that. <laughs> All, right. All right. Talk Bye, to you later. Brad. Bye. The system is going down low.